Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. Today is Friday. April 24th, 2020. I'm Shannon, but I won't be with you for long because today is a Sarah episode. Sarah is talking with children's author Moram Taiba today, and they're going to chat about a number of things, including Moram's debut novel entitled Weather Knows. So before we get into the interview, I have the usual housekeeping information. You can find us on Twitter and on Facebook by searching Book Bistro Podcast. You can always post just on the Book Bistro timeline. Some of you have done that. I'm always so happy to see when you've published posts there. You can join our Facebook listener group where you can chat with us as well as with other podcast listeners. You can keep an eye on some of what we're reading. We usually update you each Wednesday with a look at our current reads. If you'd like to get a hold of us and social media is not really your thing, you can email us. That address is thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. And now, without any further delay, here is the interview that Sarah did with Moram Taiba on the Book Bistro podcast. Hello and welcome to Book Bistro. My name is Sarah and I have the super exciting um, pleasure today of getting to interview a children's book author, Maram Taiba. And we are so excited to have you on our show today to chat with us a little bit about your book, Weather Knows, which I can't wait to learn more about, and also to kind of get some recommendations from you for those of us with kids who are climbing the walls during all of this staying at home right now, some good book recommendations to read. So I'm really looking forward to chatting with you and learning all about you and your writing process and your book. So I think the first thing that people oh, would want to know is Tell us a little bit about Weather Knows. Sure. Uh, um, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Um, my book, Weather Knows, is a children's steampunk book. And it is set in a steampunk universe called the Cerulean Universe. Um, it's about a old-fashioned weatherman who wakes up one day to find that his career is being sabotaged because a 10-year-old girl has invented a machine that can predict the weather. So to get his life back on track, he sets out to destroy her and her machine, but he finds out that she is way too smart to him. And also she has no sense of humor. <laughs> um, so the story is like this power struggle between a 42-year-old man and a 10-year-old girl and it's just, it's funny, it's humor, it's quirky, it's, it's colorful. It's one of those lighthearted reads. Um, I certainly enjoyed writing it so much. Uh, I wrote this when I was back in college and um, 
I wasn't thinking about the audience. I wasn't thinking about anybody. Just I was just thinking about my own enjoyment. And I had a lot of fun playing these two characters. And then I recently decided, you know, to let this book out of the closet because I absolutely love it. And I want to return to this world. I'm actually writing the sequel right now. Ooh. So as somebody, I, it's, it's funny that I'm actually the person that's interviewing you because a couple of years ago, Shannon and I did a whole episode on steampunk because we both love it. And so I was just curious, tell me a little bit about like what made you put, um, make your, your story set in a steampunk universe, which fills my heart with joy. That's the interesting part is back then when I was writing it, I was pretty much oblivious to the fact that there is like that steampunk was a thing that it had a name. <laughs> um, but I, but I, I know, right. But I had the aesthetic in my head. Um, I saw, I, I saw it, you know, and from different, I don't know, art pieces online, maybe, or some works of fiction, but I didn't know that it had a name. I used to call it that thing where it looks Victorian, but it has technology. <laughs> um, that was what I, it just kind of crept in into the story. I did, it wasn't, wasn't something I planned. And um, it wasn't until later when I was in grad school and I was speaking to one of my professors and we were talking about this genre and he was like, yeah, it's called steampunk. And not only was I so surprised to find that it has a name, but it's also a pretty cool name. Um, so I did a lot more research about it. And um, yeah, uh, my, my world, the Cerulean universe is a steampunk universe for sure, but it doesn't really follow the general, um, the general rules of steampunk. Like it's not set in a, in a, version of Victorian London, you know, it's, it just mm -hmm. borrows from that, but it's not, it's the, the terrain of the Cerulean universe is more like, it's somewhere between Mediterranean and like tropical, but it's also steampunk. So that kind of mishmash is what makes this world. I'm sorry. I just love that your main character is named Tart. I just, I love it. I love the name. I, I know. <laughs> It's just so super fun. And, and it was the, when I was looking at the synopsis of your book and the last line was like, if you love rides and hot air balloons and strawberry tarts, and I'm like, oh my God, this is totally like my type of book that I would read with my kids. Like I'm super, super excited. And in fact, my oldest son was sitting at the table today doing his, um, his, I guess it's online learning. I don't know what you call it exactly. <laughs> what we're doing for school right now and for his okay. language class or English class or whatever you want to call it. Um, they had to um, write something in their journal and he's like, mom, now who are you interviewing tonight? And, and what's the book? And I said, well, why don't you look up the synopsis? And he's like, mom, this looks really fun. He's like, he's like, we should read this together. Cause we have a, we have a long history of reading books together. Oh. So um, it's, I'm super excited. So I've got, um, a, a son who's 12, which is the one I was just telling you about and one who's going to be seven. So what age group I, I mm -hmm. see that the, the, the kind of snarky girl who invents the machine is 10, but how old would you recommend if you were going to, if people were looking for books for their kids, what age group? Um, the age group is 
you know, strict, it's, it's, it's eight to 12, but you know, it depends on the kid's reading level. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, th- that's, that's the, that's the age group that I put in when I, when I, you know, put my book on Amazon. But, um, if you're older, if you're 60, you can still read this book. If you're <laughs> seven, you can definitely read this book. If, you know, if you're reading up to, <laughs> yeah. Um, and just a little note about the, the name of the character, Tart Morning. Um, I was not thinking about tarts when I named him. It was just one of those things where you see an image of a person and just the name comes to you like as a sound that represents what that person looks like. And I wasn't really thinking about it as a dessert. It was just a sound to me. <laughs> Some people find it weird, um, but that's just part of the weirdness of the world, isn't it? I love it. I think it's going to be, I just, I'm super excited to read it. I'm so excited that your son is excited. We read a lot of kind of more like magical, creative books like that. I mean, obviously we read Harry Potter because that's what you do when you have a kid and you're a mom that likes to read. So that's what we did. And then we read like Percy Jackson. And so we've read a lot of really fun, like kind of fantasy type of books. And so when he saw this, he was like, mom, this is great. And so then we were looking to see, um, because I'm blind. So I read a lot of books and audio. So we were looking to see if it was on audio and he's like, mom, I'm going to buy it from Amazon and I'm going to read it to you. I'm super excited about that. So it's going to be really a fun, super exciting. That's wonderful. So when I, I know you said that you, um, didn't necessarily set out to, um, you know, write a children's book necessarily, but what did you read? Like when you were a kid, did you decide like at a certain age, because you were really into reading that you wanted to write books or is this something that you kind of came upon as you got older? No, I actually, um, I grew up reading uh, classics when I was a kid in English. I grew up in Saudi Arabia, um, but I grew up reading English classics. And I remember that in sixth grade, it was the, the age when I decided I wanted to be a writer because those books meant a lot to me. And they, they were just, they were friends, you know? And I was an introvert, um, always felt like an oddball. So disappearing into those books was <clears throat> a big deal for me. And that was when I, in sixth grade was when I decided that I wanted to create this for other people. Um, and I, I went through the, I went through the long process of figuring out what kind of writer I am. I think I've always been a children's writer in the back of my mind, but you know, I've experimented with um, adult fiction. I've exper- experimented with children's fiction. I've experimented with screenwriting. I'm still, I still write screenplays. But I think it's recently that I just came to terms with, oh my gosh, I think I've always wanted to call myself a children's author, but I never really, it was never clear to me that that's what my heart wanted. Um, So I just, once I came to that realization, I just kind of did this whole overhaul on social media. I was like, hey guys, okay. Now I know what it is. I am a children's author. Here you go. I have found <laughs> myself. I know what to do now. <laughs> it's, it's really the genre that I've always felt at home in. Like it's, it's the one that, that has had um, 
that, that I found wonder in. And wonder is, is an important thing for me. Um, I don't think I felt the same way about adult books as much as I felt about all of the children's books that I read growing up. And I, I keep going back to them. So if you were going to talk about a couple of books that you read as a kid, I mean, because for me, I reading for me has always been, I mean, I remember being little tiny, like four years old and reading a book. It was, um, it was an audio book and it was called The Man Who Lost His Head. And he went looking all over for his head. I don't remember really much about the book. I just remember he went looking, looking, looking for his head and it was on his shoulders the whole time, but I was four. And I remember like, I remember where I was, I know. And where I was when I was reading it and just, I'll never forget like my, I I just will never forget that. And then when I got older, um, I was talking to Shannon last night when we were kind of getting ready for this interview. And I was saying like, I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a romance genre girl when I'm not reading books with my kids and some books are very powerful. And like, I remember like exactly where I was or like the smell of the candle that was burning or whatever, when I, I can just associate so strongly. So you said some of these children's books that you read were like your friends and so like comforting. And what were some of your favorites? That's, that's a, that's not a fair question because it's a long, <laughs> long list. Um, but um, I've always been drawn to Lucy Maud Montgomery's work. Yay! She's a Canadian author who wrote um, Anne of Green. And I read the entire Anne series. There's eight books in the series. A lot of people don't know that. And the last book is about Anne's daughter. Um, so if you don't know that, get on it. It's awesome. It's, it's about um, Rilla, right? Rilla, I read the girl's sign your book. Yes. Yes, thank you. <laughs> That's my favorite one, actually. Um, and I'm really relating to it right now in these pandemic times, actually. Um, uh, I also read uh, Lloyd Alexander's The Prydain Chronicles, C.S. Lewis's Narnia Chronicles. Oh. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Patricia Reed's work, she wrote, um, Searching for Dragons, Dealing with Dragons. Uh, something with dragons, there's four of them. Um, no. And those were just hilarious. They were so cool and so, like, I think I, 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 think I found, uh, I borrowed a lot of Patricia Reed's humor in my own writing. <laughs> Harry Potter, obviously, like, Avi. Um, <laughs> what else? Uh, these are, these are, like, pop. <laughs> I also read the Sweet Valley books. Uh, oh, yes. I don't know if you know them. Uh, yeah. 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 Elizabeth <laughs> and Jessica. So I'm a twin and my twin and I are both on this podcast. Um, I'm sorry. What? I said nice. Yes. And so cool. So we would always joke and we would say that, okay, so I was not as perfect and like sweet, but I was more like Elizabeth and Stacy, my twin is more like Jessica. And so we love those books because we love mm. like being twins and, um, and those mm. books were just so fun. But Anne of Green Gables, I'll just, I could probably dive into that whole series right now and like them as much as I did when I was 10. Yeah. I always wished for a twin 
just because of those books. Oh, yeah. It, it, um, you know, and twins, people oftentimes will like get it wrong and be like, oh yeah. So Sarah, while you were in labor, was your sister like out in California, like in pain? And I was like, no, she was out like having a drink to celebrate the fact that I, she was an aunt and she wasn't in any pain at all. I was all by myself in that. So, but it's, we are really close and, yeah. and we have like the same taste in books um, for the most part. And so a lot of times like we'll finish a really good book and we'll call and we'll be like, what are we supposed to read now? And um, so we just, it's, it's been fun because you know, you have like a built-in best friend who like has a lot, I mean, we're different, but we have a lot of the same interests. And so it's, it's really cool. So if you were going to um, talk about for these crazy climb the wall times for parents like me who are kind of going crazy because they're used to their kids being like out and at school and active and we're all kind of in this together and home. Do you have any um, like current besides your book, which we are going to read books that um, you would say, oh my gosh, if you're a kid today and you haven't read these books, then there's something you, you just need to do it right now. Hmm. Um, the first thing that pops into my mind when you, when you asked me that was Lauren Oliver. Lauren Ol Oliver wrote Liesl and Poe. Um, it's a beautifully whimsical book. Um, so funny and so sweet and innocent. Um, and also deeply profound. Like there's a lot of um, spiritual wisdom in it. Um, it's, it's a fantasy uh, I never finished the book because I lost it on the bus and it's been like my regret for a long time. Oh, no. um, that's, that's, yeah, that's the top of the, um, the new fantasy fiction that I'm aware of at the moment. Um, there were so many at the bookstore before the pandemic that I had wanted to buy, but I never got the chance. Um, the thing is, for me, I've kind of was doing the whole adulting thing where I disconnected from this world for a long time. And it's, it's my homecoming has been only recent. So right. uh, my first step in that direction is to read Laura's book. But oh. uh, if you look up her other work on Amazon, a lot of it to be just a lot of topsy-turvy fun. It's just, she's awesome. Yay, another book to, or another author to add to our list. We read a lot of crazy stuff. My oldest son and I especially. Yeah. There's like a young adult zombie series by, um, oh, what's her name? Rhiannon Freighter that we're going to be reading. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so yeah. it's just, I just feel like if you. Oh, there's one book that I, um. Um, it's on the way to me in the mail, I'm hoping. Um, it's the one that's called, they made a show uh, starring Matthew Good and I don't know what, what, what her name is. It's something about finding witches, searching for witches or finding Ooh. witches or something like that. But it, I, I think it's a big deal right now. The thing with these books is that the trouble that I'm having or have been having is that dystopia seems to be very popular with the young mm -hmm. kids right now. And it's, it's, it's quite rare to find a truly charming 
whims good old fashioned whimsy um book that has good old fashioned whimsy the, the fantasy that is just soaked in 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 charm you know um and that's why i i just really fell hard for lauren oliver's work Well, and the other thing is, I guess if somebody wants to read a really good children's book with lots of charm and fantasy and interesting excitement, I mean, I would think that maybe they could find this great book called Weather Nose out there and maybe they could read that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um so talk to me a little bit about um, when you were writing it. It sounds like you were writing it in college. It sounds like it's kind of been a book that's been like a part of your life for a while. If you were working on it in college and then you talked about it in grad school. And I mean, how did it feel to like write this book and then send it off into the world and, and like hope that people like love the characters as much as you do? Was that scary? Yeah, um, it, it was both, like, just because I spent so many years, um, you know, with these characters in my head, and I just, I, in my world, they are so real, and they are, you know, a lot of fun, and then sharing them with people, there's always that fear that, oh, they're not as cool as I thought they were, that's always a writer's fear, right, <laughs> um, but at the same time, I do feel, I do feel like, Weather knows the world of weather knows is one of those things that I'm 100% sure of, right? Like sometimes you write stuff and you're intrigued by it for the time being, but then in a while later, you look back at it and you're like, yeah, that, that's, that's not, that's not <laughs> as cool anymore as I thought it was. But, you know, the Cerulean universe has stood the test of time. I've had this world, um, this fictional world in my head, um, since I was a teenager, I never actually wrote it until college. And then I never actually published it until, you know, last August. So um, for it to have existed for this long, since the age of 13 years old, um, you know, it was conceived at that age uh, before, even way before I wrote it, for, the, for it to have existed for this long just makes me feel and, 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 and still feel like it's a cool place to be. <laughs> gives me um gave me the confidence to share it with people. I just have this picture in my head of it being like a weekend on a college campus and you're like in your like dorm room or like apartment and everyone's like doing like stuff and you're just sitting there writing your book and I don't know if that's really a real picture but that's the picture I have of you just like working on this book and like cracking yourself up and like trying to write this and getting really into it. Is that kind of how it was? Well, I definitely cracked myself up. I still do. Um, <laughs> this was actually a, a, a summer project. I was so bored. I was bored <laughs> out of my mind. It's really hot in Riyadh. Nothing to do. And I was at my parents' house actually. And I just started, I just saw this image of Tart on his island and a pet crow on his shoulder, and then I went with it. Um, and then things got a lot more fun when Cypress entered the picture. Um, <laughs> and, when I, and once I realized that she was actually 10 years old, 
I was like, oh my God, I have something here. So I went with it and I worked on it on and off during my college um, when the semester started. And uh, it's one of those things that just got, got clearer and clearer as I went along. Um, and especially the revelation that I had that, you know, the revelation that you get at the end of the, at the, end of the book about Cyprus and, you know, her life that uh, came to me at the very end, um, inspired by one of my conversations with a fellow college student. Um, so it's just one of those things that unfolded um, along the way. And yeah, I did crack myself up a lot. So tell me real, real fast. Um, and without obviously giving it away. And I mean, I know there's probably like tons of scenes in the book that you love because you wrote it, but is there like a certain scene that like you just, it either like really made you laugh or made you, teared you up or just something that will stick with you for a while? Hmm. Um, I would say the, um, the, the, Scene when Tart and Cypress meet for the first time was a lot of fun to write. And it's a scene that I love do I love reading out loud, like doing the voice acting. <laughs> and I actually did that in, in one of my live readings of the book. Um, which I do which I do every now and then. Um, and I share I share that information in my newsletter. Um, but another scene that I like especially was uh, a scene in the end between Tart and Cypress, which was uh, quite heartwarming and touching. I'm so excited. So I bet you now all these desperate parents are going to be like, oh my God, we're going to go get this book because everybody um, wants to find great books for their kids to read. And, you know, ones that are, you know, I mean, a lot of books in the children's genre, in my opinion, like I'll be reading with my son and I'll be like, la, 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 la. I don't want you to hear that. Even though it says it's for your age, la, la, la. So I'm kind of, <laughs> kind of excited. Um, and I think other parents are too um, about that. But um, so if people want to um, maybe find out like how to follow you, like if you're on social media or how would they, how would, how would they find you? So I have a newsletter, which you can sign up for on my website, which is www.maram-taiba.com. And you can also follow me on Instagram. It's maram.taiva.author. Awesome. Awesome. Well, this has been so super fun for me to get to interview you. I, I really, really enjoy um, getting to talk to people about, you know, a common love that we share, which are, is books. And to get to know a little bit about what it went into your process. and. Um, I really, really appreciate you taking time to chat with us today. Um, as we wrap up, is there anything else that you um, would like our listeners to know about Weather Knows? Well, um, if you like hot air balloons, you're going to like this one. And <laughs> I really hope your son enjoys it. Oh, well, I can promise you that we're going to enjoy it. And I'm I'm just super excited to get to um, share with, with our listeners um, such a fun and exciting book. So um, thank you so much for chatting with us today. Absolutely. Thank you. And that does it for us today. 
thanks to Sarah and to Moram for participating in this episode. As always, thanks goes out to Christine for all of her fantastic editing, and thanks goes out to all of you who join us each week to hear us talk about all the books that we love. If you would like to leave us a rating or a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that you use to access the show. Not only does it tell us what you think, but it also helps other people find us when they're looking for book-related podcasts. Um, It kind of advances us in the Google algorithm. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with an author interview and, of course, the guide to new releases. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more bookish greatness. Take care, everybody. And we will stop the recording. Thank you, Shannon.